0: Hi, John.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: Uh, good. How are you?
1: Well, I got a little uh, thrown off there by your uh, uh, in- intuition, I guess you could call it. But uh, I think this was long overdue, ultimately, anyway, if I want to really participate, you know?
0: Well, I assumed unconsciously that's why you were talking about what you were talking about. So... Just for those who, who don't know, this is uh, just a listener call, so if you're not, John, if you could mute, that'd be great. But um, uh, just, just for those who weren't in the chat room, John, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were talking about a book. And I don't even want to repeat the name of the book because it just sounds too vile for words. Yeah. Uh, and it was a book that held a kind of twisted fascination for you uh, insofar as you, f- you said it was very short. You felt compelled to read it. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, it troubled you emotionally to a great degree because you found yourself compelled to laugh at how uh, ugly and gross and terrible and, and hideous it was. Uh, and, and so you had a defensive reaction of humor. But what happened was you, you had a series of, of I, I assume, pretty vivid nightmares since you remember them now about the book, right? Um, yes. And then, in the, in, sorry to interrupt, but then in the chat window, you came and you talked about this book for 10 or 15 minutes, if, the, if I remember. I don't know the exact time, but it was something like that. Yeah. And so I was pointing out that, of course, if the book is this hideous, then you know, the, 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 a number of questions would arise, right? Which is, you know, why would you read it? Why would you continue to read it? Uh, why would you laugh at it? Why would you have nightmares about it? And why would you talk about it with other people for a long period of time, if that makes sense? Uh, it's sort of like you know, <laughs> you know what's really gross is dead raccoons with with uh, with uh, with uh, you know, maggots in them. So what I'm going to do is push my hand into them and feel around. You know, it's like well, if they're that gross, then why would you <laughs> seek them out and do that, right?
1: Well, it was almost like uh, self abuse, and then oh, maybe even a desire to um, extend that outward. Well, Some I don't agree. think
0: – yeah, I, I don't – I mean I think that you're a, a positive and friendly person. I don't think there was anything cruel in what you were doing. But what I got an intuition about was that you have trouble processing horror, all right? And, and I would imagine – and this is just based on my own Simon the Boxer theory. I don't know if you've read Real-Time Relationships. Mm-hmm. Sorry, is that a yes or no? Yes,
1: yes.
0: Okay. So you know that, that – uh, so I, I got the sense that you were drawn to managing horror – uh, but but you weren't conscious of that, so you were drawn to this book, and you said that you actually wanted to create a play, a radio drama about this book.
1: Yeah, I wanted. Uh, what's the best? I, I'm trying to be as. Well, it doesn't matter. I wanted to. I wanted, mean, you wanted, I wanted you know, to. Wanted. I wanted to eviscerate it by by mocking it, basically. Right,
0: and and what that means is that you feel to some degree that the book had eviscerated you, and I think based on the nightmares that you had experienced, that would seem to be somewhat the case, right? Yes. And so because you had trouble processing this horror, uh, you were drawn to it, You it kind of infected you, you had trouble processing it, you were telling other, you felt driven to tell other people about it, if that makes sense?
1: Yes, yeah, well, th- th- that's a less... Um yeah see my first reaction is to want to condemn myself, so oh yeah no that's that's a much more that's a much more um caring way of putting it than I would, but yes
0: right, and look i mean to to your eternal credit, uh you didn't actively recreate horror in other people, you simply told them about something that was horrible. Right, So you weren't doing to other people what this book did to you, but you were describing it, which is a huge step forward and I think something you should be justly uh, proud of.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I didn't want to – the point wasn't to actually gross people out with the details of what was going on. So I, you know.
0: No, I don't, I don't think it was the case. And, and uh, you know, to put on my psychology hat, uh, I think it would be the case that you were saying – I, I I'm fucked up about this book, right? I mean, which which yeah. doesn't mean anything other than um, I have a problem, a historical problem with horror, right? And that's why I asked you. You know, have you experienced? Uh, what is your relationship with horror and craziness? Because the two things that I got out of the conversation on the board where you were talking about the book um, was uh, that um, uh, that that you you felt. Uh, very much overwhelmed by a kind of crazy insistent horror and that uh, can't have come from the book Uh, but the Mm -hmm. book must be a symptom of that and that's why I asked you about your historical relationship with both madness and and horror yes so perhaps you'd like to talk a little bit more about that
1: um sure um well uh, uh, uh it's not a unique story, but, you know, my, my family was, uh, um, there was madness and horror <laughs> for lack of a, you know, a variation on the theme. Uh, it, w- it was, uh, <sighs> there was a lot of that sort of thing. And, um, it, I, I guess in recent months it's come up again, um, through my process of separating myself from my family. Um, doing you know, doing the things that are going to be healthiest for, for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, it came up again when I went through my, my defu process. And so it's been on my mind, um, in other ways, not related to this specific thing, but it seemed like, um, this triggered that kind of a repeat of all that cycle, of, um, in the last few days as well, not Sorry, just. Sorry,
0: you, you mean this book?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, it started it. I kind of had a uh, a bad dream the first night after I read it, and uh, then after that, I, I I wasn't thinking so much about the book. But then suddenly, it was all my feelings about my family started coming up. Last night, I, you know, started ruminating about it and going over it in my head again, and right. Now, I would and like the compliment to.
0: Sorry to interrupt you, but I, I certainly would like to compliment you on your dogfighting abilities, your aerial flying abilities, because this is the third time that I've asked you about your childhood, and okay. uh, you know, when it comes to evasion, I think you get the Red Baron award for twisting and turning, <laughs> because you talk about things rather than your childhood itself. If that makes sense, It's not a criticism. I'm just sort of pointing it no, out.
1: No, no. I um, I'm aware that I was doing that. Um, okay, good. And, and but I'm, I'm saying I, complimenting- I'll stop now. No, look, you, you don't have to
0: talk about your childhood, but, but love, it, it, if you don't I, want to, then you can just tell me, I don't want to talk about my childhood, but I, I just want to point out that I noticed that you're not answering the question, and that doesn't mean you have to, but it would be helpful, I think, if you, if you did.
1: Well, I, I want to. I think so. So, uh, yeah, um, I – and I'm going to. In a minute. <laughs> in a minute. Um, let me warm up. <laughs> no, I'm on my way. Um, yeah, I, I see. Part of me just is screaming not to, to. Um. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just need to go ahead with it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, let me just
0: let me just explain why I think it's important. It's not because. I think I or others have a prurient desire to to do this. It's just that in discussing this book, John, you're already talking about your childhood, right? So you can either do that – like you want to talk about your childhood but you're doing it through the proxy of – this book is horrible, right? When what you mean is, my life was horrible, and so right, because you are already talking about it, you might as well do it sort of, I guess, bluntly or, dare I say, boldly. Um, so that that's sort of my suggest. I mean, that's why, if that makes any sense. Like
1: you are already doing. No, you are right. I'm just, I'm, I am just, I guess, I am just working up the courage here. Um, yeah, sure. yeah, things were. Um, I, I'll start talking about my mom, but she's obviously my dad was a problem too. Um, but my mom was. Uh, You you might, you might be able to relate to some of the screaming, yelling, incoherent at times, um, physically violent. Um, as soon as I was big enough that she couldn't use physical violence, it became more emotional, psychological violence. Um, I'm not trying to be too clinical here. I I just, yeah, no, take you, take your time getting it out, you know? Um, my dad got a slide on most of what he did wrong for a long time. I'm coming to grips now more recently with the fact that he was just as bad. You mean, uh, sorry, it's like
0: he got a free pass from you. Is that right?
1: Yes. Um, and I, I was made aware of additional information that I wasn't, Specifically aware of my dad. My dad was pretty easy on me compared to my sister. Let's just put it that way. Right, right. Um, I, there, there's a certain limit that I can walk, what I can say about with my sister because I kind of made a promise to her not to sure, no Discuss certain things with other people, but um, things that I had w- would have never um, imagined, and finding that out at the age of 34, and I genuinely had no idea and uh, that any of that sort of thing had happened. So, but, uh, yeah, my mom, my mom was a screaming, hitting, chasing me around the house, kind of anger, um, periodically. I don't know, at least a couple of times a month. Right. My dad just, you know, primarily just wasn't there. Uh, when he was there, he was the friendly dad kind of thing, unless, you woke him up while he was sleeping or, you know, there's weird things. See, I mean, there's so many minutiae of it. I, I, I don't know that, that all of it's relevant. So I'm I, if you can kind of help me on – there's just so many things, man. <laughs> oh, sure. Look, I mean, yeah, right.
0: I mean, this is like – it's like it's the same bitch photocopied throughout eternity, it seems like. I mean, individuation gives us an identity – being defensive and crazy and bitchy—they're all the same damn person. I mean, bet you yeah, we could have just swapped—we yeah. could have swapped our mom's brains with uh, with no particular break in rhythm as far as the craziness went. Uh, you know, yeah. defensiveness is all the same. Uh, people who are defensive and abusive—they're just the same damn person. of understanding of it from that standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, one of the differences, of course, is that my dad just completely bailed, but yours—you uh, know—hung around and uh, I guess created mealy-mouth justifications and also did you know, abuse your sister in various ways, which we don't have to talk about. But, um, so mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I understand all of that for sure. At least I think I do. And, uh, uh, so your relationship with horror remains tough. And, and what, what I think that means is that you would stand to benefit from experiencing the horror, right? Because it's your genuine experience. I'm not saying it would be fun, but it's a, is necessary, right? I mean, yeah. so you would benefit from experiencing the horror, but your parents would not. So um, – or sorry, to put it more precisely, when you were a child, if you had experienced the horror, your parents might have gone to jail, right? Uh, it can literally be that that serious. Yeah. And so uh, when you have a criminal family in this kind of way – and I view child abuse, of course, as a criminal activity. When you have a criminal family in this kind of way, um, you get as much propaganda as you would if you grew up uh, you know, with Tony Soprano as your dad. And the entire purpose of these criminals is bent towards keeping the secret, not because they're guilty, but because if they don't keep the secret, they face negative punishments. And also they lose the ability to continue abusing the children, which is, of course, what they want. That's why they have children, right? Because if you don't like children, there's a fairly easy remedy, which is just to not have them, right? So if they continue to attack children, it's because they wish to have uh, children to abuse, and they wish the children to keep those secrets to avoid jail time, and also to avoid uh, the uh, the issue where uh, they won't have the children to abuse anymore. Right? Sadists want their victims. That's part of the whole point of sadism. So you have, uh, sorry, go ahead. Sure.
1: And there was, oh, I was just, I was just going to add that there was uh, uh, almost a preemptive, a preemptive defense on their part. Um, it was established early on that. I was oh, sure a pathological liar. What do you mean whether you were or not?
0: Look, um, you know? What mean whether you were or not? Look, you didn't wake up lying. Oh, sorry, you didn't wake up saying, gee, you know what would be great that, if I just had to lie? I mean, if I could get into the kind of family where I got attacked for telling the truth and then attacked for lying, that would be excellent. Right? So, I, But sorry, go on.
1: Oh, yeah. The, you're right. Yeah, I, I was going to say most of the, uh, the lying I had to do was – psychologically supportive in the sense of wish fulfillment and things like that. And then things that would stop me from being hurt. It's the gun. It's the gun
0: to the head argument, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no ethics in that kind of family. There's just a Lord of the flies kind of survival situation, right? But, but it's interesting that that would creep in, in a sense, because what it indicates to me is that you still have a great deal of ambivalence about what you experienced as a child. In other words, you have your experience and you have your parents' propaganda And that's what I mean when I say, like, getting out of an abusive family is just the beginning, right, in terms of reclaiming the self. Because the stories follow us, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm – well, it explains patterns of behavior that I've had going all the way back. The fact that because uh, in in some way, uh, rather than – Letting those stories hang on to me, it would be whenever they built up enough that I would just ditch the group of people that I was associating with, so that I, that you know, I would, um, it start over again. Essentially, whenever whenever too much of uh, my experiences of myself kind of came into my social group, it would you mean be when like they would start they to learn about your history? So, uh, yes, and whatever stories I had to tell to yeah, sustain the history that may not have been 100% accurate. The the story that I tell, used to tell, um, to support, uh, I guess, a, a healthier Oh, view so of you would talk about uh, as if you had come from a more functional family, out. is that right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: what and, I'm trying and to of course say. That I is something it. that's hard for yeah. you to say because it sounds like you would still take some ownership for that. And, uh, yeah. of course, if we play Follow the Benefit, it's fairly clear to see who, uh, who that story was required for.
1: Yeah, it wasn't helping me at all. Well, I mean, it's sorry, it I'm, was I'm, helping
0: <laughs> you so far. It was helping you because eagle. if it wasn't helping you at all, <laughs> it was, then it would be irrational for you to say it, right? So it was helping you, but what it was helping you do was it was helping yeah. you avoid punishment, right? Because if you, uh, if you told yes. the truth about what was happening in your family then you would have faced a great degree of punishment right right yes so uh, i i just think that aspect yes. is important now if you were if you had been say kidnapped right let's let's say you were on a business trip in south america to take a cliched example and you had been kidnapped and you had been you know beaten up and stuff like that um if you were telling that story two people. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily walk up to someone and say, hi, you know, I was kidnapped and beaten up or whatever. But if you had been kidnapped while you were on a business trip and you were taking every sensible precaution and so on, but, you know, it it just happened or whatever, then you wouldn't necessarily feel guilty about that, right? Right. And of course, there's even less culpability in being born into an abusive family than there is from being kidnapped, right? So what yeah. it means is that you have internalized your personal causality in relation to the abuse, right? So you feel guilty because you were abused, right? Or you feel – maybe, sorry, guilty may be the wrong word and you let me know, but, but you feel somehow that it, it is a stain upon your honor,
1: Uh, yes, and that um, the reactions that I have had as a result of my past, um, because they were less than noble. Sorry, at the, time. the reactions
0: were less than noble. Um,
1: yeah, well, my my uh, the results of some of my actions, yeah, but telling lies and things like that 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 were outside of. Real defense—the things that I did after I was away from my parents and things like that. Right, the, the acting have out. Of, ab, the, sorry, the acting out over of those habits
0: that that occurred for you afterwards. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. That that. Um, while I can see the connection between those habits and the immorality of what was done to me, that um, ultimately. So it's like a little a little dwarf hammering away at me telling me that you know you're still responsible for your own actions ultimately so you know all that stuff is in the past and it, again it's it's probably just what you're describing it's a, saying that benefits my parents well sure
0: I mean I can certainly understand that the the, the habits the, the, the negative habits we can say that came out of your survival situation uh, that uh, you know you you don't feel proud for having lied about things in order to prop up a self-esteem and so on. I mean, I can totally understand that. And, I mean, nobody would say, like, I'm really glad that that happened and I did that and so on. So I don't want to, you know, completely say, well, you're crazy, you should never feel bad about anything you do because, you know, otherwise then what happens is you get a get-out-of-jail-free card, which we suggest that should not be given to your parents, right? But, of course, they had their bad childhoods and so on, right? So I think that it's complex, right? And I think that you're right to feel uh, ambivalent about... The things that you've done that are not uh, noble, but also have some understanding about the causation of that, right? Uh,
1: and and uh, I, I think maintaining that uh, connection between the two, uh, building building some kind of uh, structure where I maintain that connection, where I'm trying to keep myself aware of the fact. Because if I'm going by default, I forget that connection, and I
0: just get… Right, right. Myself. You just get down on and- Right, it begins right. and ends right there. Now, I would certainly say, though, that, and and it takes a, it takes some degree of psychological sophistication. And I don't know your circle, and it doesn't really matter. But uh, it certainly was fairly obvious to me when you were talking about well, blindingly obvious to me when you were talking about this book that it was sort of a uh, a cry for help, if that may – And I don't mean this. I mean that always sounds, you know, like uh, you're a Girl Scout trapped in a I don't know bear trap or something, but. But it seemed to me that yeah, you were right. trying to say I have trouble processing horror and it's unconscious for me. And although you may have uh, been manipulative and false to people around you, uh, of course, if they claim to care about you, there's nothing in particular that stops you from call- – stops them from calling you on that, right? So yeah. um, if if they avoided that, I mean, yeah, I've, ideally it would be better to not do that and I think that you know your work – uh, uh, in this conversation is great and will certainly help you with that but uh, again you don't want to take full responsibility because if something's unconscious for you then it's unconscious and if you, when you run across greater knowledge or better knowledge or have the capacity for that if you avoid it which you haven't done then you're culpable for your unconsciousness but you're not culpable while you're directly unconscious um, I mean your parents are culpable because they hid it right because you can't get away with that kind of stuff if you don't hide it But uh, uh, I would say that uh, this question of responsibility is highly complex and we don't sort of have to get into it too much. But what I would say is that it's fairly clear to me that you had a problem processing horror and you had a very uneasy relationship with horror, that you were drawn to it and you wanted to mock it because you felt helpless and angry in the face of horror because of your history, but at the same time, uh, horror had this, uh, uh, strong effect on your unconscious in terms of nightmares and so on. And you were drawn to, to forever go back to try and master that horror. But, um, in a never ending cycle where you, you kind of, kind of couldn't, right? Because the pattern in the past, as is true for all of us who were raised like this, was that you could not manage the horror. It's impossible to manage our parents. We really can only surrender and cross our fingers. So,
1: yeah, and I wanted to go to war. That's how I felt, really. I wanted to just smash. Yeah. Sorry, uh, smash. There was some rape. Uh Well, uh, in, the, in the particular context of what we're talking about, the book, I just wanted to destroy it. I wanted to. Uh, right. Right. Which, of course, gives exist. the book
0: an enormous amount of power over you, right? Like your life then becomes run by crazy yes. people again because you have to bring them down, right?
1: Yeah, I was going to sit there and make a radio production out of a that gave you
0: books, right? And and what would that Good do, God, what that would do! If, of course, <laughs> it would bring out the people to be curious about
1: the book, right? <laughs> yeah, it has the opposite effect of what I and, and you know now in retrospect,
0: obviously. Well, sure, but, but I mean, and, and we can see even in this chat where a, people have said in the in the chat room, "What's this book he's talking about?" Right? So you're yeah. like, this thing is so horrible yeah. that I'm going to advertise it. Right? I mean, that's the kind of paradox that we get into in the realm of the unconscious, though, right? Yeah. Right. And yeah, look, to your credit, and again, this is too... I mean, you you may not be aware, or maybe you are. You may not be aware just how rare and fantastic this is. But to your eternal credit, you know, when I pointed this out, you were frank and open and honest about it, right?
1: Well, uh, yeah, yeah. That's... that's uh, it's becoming kind of an attitude that I, I don't think that – I well, I mean, I, almost enslaved to it. I can't not be honest about things. I mean, the, the dishonesty hasn't worked, <laughs> the, uh, uh, not to make light well, of it, works it really. Sorry, but it,
0: just, just to give you, you the know, ambivalence uh, thing again, it absolutely works when you were a kid, right?
1: Yes, it, it doesn't work as a, a functioning tool as an adult when I'm no longer – Yeah, I mean, if you, if you um, grow
0: up in war – you duck and roll, but you don't duck and roll at the mall, right? So, um, yes. yeah. so, yeah. So, so that all—I mean—I think that all makes sense. And you know, to your credit, you have—you uh, know—taken this this on, and you came back with something that was very honest and very, very direct, right? And I think that's that's great. And you said, okay, well, shit, I'll put my balls in the cup and have a call with Steph and uh, talk about it more directly, and so on. So, I mean, that stuff is all great, because of course. The challenge is, and and one of the horrible paradoxes for children who've gone through this kind of horror, John, as you well know, right, is is this, which is we don't want to lie about our past. We don't want to pretend something didn't happen when it did or did happen when it didn't. But at the same time, when we are frank and upfront about our histories, uh, people get freaked out.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, in some ways I'm managing – other well, it's tough.
0: We want to be honest because honesty was not allowed when we were children, right? Mm-hmm. But when we are honest, yeah. we freak people out. So we're, we're, co- we're caught in this trap, right? And yes. uh, I can totally understand that. Uh, so then we say, okay, well, I don't want to be false. So it's, like, it's the old question. Somebody asks me about my childhood. What? <laughs> what do I say? What do I do? If I tell the truth, then people will... Yeah. freak out and uh, if uh, i don't tell the truth then um uh, i i feel false and that the past has sort of taken me over and and now what i have to do as you say i have to maintain this fiction right in the future you know i was raised yes. by wolves in the in the yeah. arctic you know yeah. like oh shit now i've got to photoshop some family snapshots with the herd or the pack right
1: yeah, and it becomes it, it it can turn into something that takes more effort than uh, really it takes more effort than just having told the truth and, and
0: well, except and, that like, when you, know, you if uh, you have an and, and there is a way out of this right but but we'll just if if you if you do talk about it and you you freak freak out about it uh, and sorry if you talk about it honestly and they mm-hmm. freak out about it then you have an additional problem which is. You get that awkward silence. People don't come back to it. They ignore it, or they come back to it obsessively, or whatever. And it distorts the relationship, right?
1: Well, yeah, suddenly you've dropped a, you know, whatever drama bomb right into the middle of the mix. and Right, yeah. so... Yeah. It, it becomes a major stepping stone, kind of, or a road bump, more so, to... Yes, to any kind of growth between two people. And I think – I mean there's a couple of tips which I'll just
0: toss out here about how to work with this kind of history so that you neither lie or feel like you have to lie about it. You're not faced with that awful decision where the truth alienates people and lying alienates people, right? Because the principle of isolation is fundamental to abuse, right? I mean you cannot abuse people if they're not isolated, right? So abusers will always try to isolate and this pattern continues as adults. Because if we tell the truth, we drive people away, and if we lie, uh, yeah. we drive people away, right?
1: Yeah, and and a, a defining characteristic of my adult life has been uh, self Oh, absolutely. Hope, I mean, I have no doubt about. So, I mean, nail right on ahead. have no doubt about I mean, that. Absolutely. Again, th-
0: these patterns are all the same for everyone. Of course, when when we're isolated and abused, we feel that it's just us, right? But then when we stick our head up like gophers out of her holes, we realize that everybody else was thrown into exactly the same cell, that the world is just an endless row of Guantanamo Bay cubicles with children in it. And each child feels that everyone else is free out there in the world, uh, having fun, skipping along and uh, doing the uh, the macarena with barney when uh, not everyone but a lot of if not the majority of children to one degree or another are stuck in the same cell right so it's this huge prison planet where everybody dreams that everyone else is free remains isolated in their own cell when our experiences are so much more common than but everybody's hiding this prison history right well just just the fact
1: that you you put it that way is in some ways a relief for me because it, it, um, it, uh, that, that perspective, uh, um, it makes me, it, it, it sounds a little, you know, uh, distorted in a way, the way I'm describing it, I don't take pleasure from it, but it makes me feel less alone and more hopeful knowing that, um, not that I'm not alone in, in, in that I was abused, but in the sense that um, I, I'm not really – I don't have to be cloistered away like that. I don't have to, to be locked away. Well, you can be, but
0: all that you are doing is replicating everybody else's experience who is also locked away. Now, people
1: – sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but the, the idea that I don't have to be gives me a great deal of – For sure, for sure. So
0: I'm going to run you through a couple of things that I found helpful, and I I don't know whether these are universal principles, but you can let me know if they help you at all. The first thing I would suggest, our tendency when we're abused is to look at it as personal. I was abused. But, of course, the fundamental thing about abuse is that it is anti-empathetic right i mean you cannot abuse somebody that you're empathizing with so the depersonalization of the victim particularly the child is fundamental to family abuse in other words abuse is never ever personal
1: well if you look at somebody and see a human being it's hard to inflict Actually it's impossible in the same to that- it's it's not hard it's impossible I'll buy to. that okay
0: so it's, it's never, ever, ever, ever personal. It has nothing to do with us as individuals. It's about as personal as an atom bomb. I mean, the guys in the Enola Gay flying over Hiroshima, they weren't sitting down there going like, man, I hate that Fukuyama bastard down there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you're just caught in the detonation of somebody else's And Yeah, and they, damage, it's not even like really. they, they, they don't see
0: you, they can't see you. Uh, you are uh, nothing to them. No,
1: yeah, so makes perfect
0: sense. If you're caught in the bomb blast at Hiroshima, when you didn't declare war, you didn't vote for your leaders, you don't hate Americans, right? you just strolling along in Hiroshima and a bomb goes off, right? You wouldn't feel mm-hmm. guilt about that, would you? No. You'd be like, no, I "Man, I got I got hit by this bomb blast." It was terrible. Yeah, like yeah, that size. B- b- bad yeah. fucking luck, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. once
0: we detach, sorry, I'm go go ahead. And the-
1: Oh, no, I lost my well, – don't even worry we about Once detach the
0: personal from it, there's a certain amount of relief because what we're describing is an unhappy accident.
1: Yeah, it isn't – yes, I have no – well, and it absolves me of some responsibility that I have carried – Um. A, a, Yeah, it's it's a hugely heavy heavy load, load, right? Because we feel like we we feel like um,
0: uh, we feel like our parents focused in on us, and they either hated us as individuals, that it was personal, that they knew us, they understood us, and they hated us, or that we were weak in some way, and that's why they picked on us rather than the other kids or rather than someone else. So we're either hateful yes. or we're weak or we're both. Or, but it, it's, it's what children cling to. It is, it, it's got to be personal because if it's not personal, then we're completely invisible. And I don't think children can psychologically survive that. You've got to think at least, at least if your yeah, parents look, hate you, yeah. there's a bond of some kind, right? They need you for something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it seems that's a pretty universal survival tactic on the part of children to take it personally it's the only way to
1: create a bond
0: when you're being punched in the face right
1: yeah how could how could you get up every morning and well if, yeah. if you if you yeah. realize that your
0: parents just didn't uh, care uh, that uh, you were just like a a punching bag inanimate like a dead ghost uh, if you were nothing to your parents yeah i mean how could you you couldn't get there would be too long a prison sentence right I mean, it would be like, uh, you know, it's that old question if you're floating above life before you are born in some sort of Rawlsian or Platonic sense, right? You're a soul floating above your own life, John's life. And you said, uh, someone said to you, and they said, okay, Mm -hmm. here's what happens between zero and 15. And you're only going to get to live to 15 and then you're going to die. Do you want to be born or not?
1: Oh, there right, I'd be like, no thanks, I'm going to take out. the
0: amniotic <laughs> abstract fluid that I'm floating in with all these perfect chairs and tables, uh, but I don't want to be born, right? Because I I mean – so there's a fundamental nihilism and, and desire for death when we think of our first 15 or 18 or whatever, however many years it is that we're under uh, control.
1: No, right. 15 was death. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, yeah, it's a, it, right it was 15
0: now. for me too, it's the same – kind of pattern right? because 15 is when you can plausibly survive on your own and that's that's what we do right so so uh, for a child who is not i mean obviously we're not given that choice before we are born and so the the the, the death worship right what uh, freud called the thanatos right the death worship the desire for death is is a chasm is a bottomless chasm that children who are being abused are constantly hanging over with the rope constantly fraying. Right? I don't want to live. Yeah. I don't want to live. I don't want to live. I don't want to live. That is the constant, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and it doesn't necessarily mean I no, want to No, it doesn't. Die. You're right. It, it, you could just be stuck there and not uh, and paralyzed, and the, that that's. Right, and
0: if we accepted that we are completely invisible to our parents, that they do not care about us at all except as a punching bag, um, then we would simply just not get out of bed, right? Um, But Mm -hmm. we we don't Mm -hmm. have that option biologically. The defense mechanism kicks in when you're in a helpless situation where you're being sadistically abused and controlled. The defense mechanism that kicks in is if I take it personally, I can pretend to have control.
1: Yeah, because then you can you can focus your own efforts toward, yeah, well, toward yourself. If I change my behavior, to, like,
0: I am abused because my behavior is X. So if I do the opposite of X, I should not be abused. But we pretend to have control. Of course, the purpose of that kind of parental relationship is abuse. So it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where we go, right? We are still... Yeah, it's, right. it's like being in itself, a fish tank saying, I'm uh, going north. It's like, who cares? <laughs> you in a goddamn fish tank, right? So... So we take it personally as a way of avoiding this death impulse, right? Of avoiding the hopelessness and the helplessness and the catastrophic depression that would result from that, right?
1: Sure. because well, you can express it in rage and other ways that can kind of vent. Well, and temporarily of course, our, and, that's right. And of course, our parents at,
0: are very happy okay. to foster and facilitate this illusion that it is our behavior that is causing the abuse, right? Right. Pe- sure. pa- parents never say. Sure. Um, I, I screamed at you because I'm selfish and immature. Or if they do, it's a yeah, moment. Absolutely. It's a moment of a guilt that they say it, and then it goes right back to right.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. The, it would only be a, lo- a loss of control and a lashing out that the truth would come out in that
0: context. Right. Because if they said mother. that and they accepted that, then they would go for psychological help. Right. And that would also put you in some place yeah. safe. Yeah. Until they got the help that they needed, right? Right. But yes. abuse is a drug yep. that helps you avoid growth, right? Yep. Like abuse is a drug that uh, – and it's an ever-escalating drug, right? Because you abuse because you, you hate yourself. And the more you abuse, the more you hate yourself and therefore the more you abuse, right? Sure. So for, for sure. me, the way that I have described it is like, man, <laughs> you know, there are families and there are families and – I, draw, I drew a really short straw. <laughs> it was just a bad fucking luck yeah, for yeah. me, right? And there yeah. are families who have shorter yeah. straws and that's, you know, God. I mean, but, but I drew a really short straw when it came to family. It was really bad luck and I, I you know, I struggled to do my best within a very difficult situation. Uh, I got uh, free of them as soon as I could. I was left with some bad habits, which I've been working on. And now I've got them out of my life completely because they're this just, just a train wreck, right? I, I was just born into a plane with no engines, right?
1: <laughs> and it was a long, slow, ugly crash. Well, you, have, you have no more. You have no more accountability for it than. Yeah, it's pure, just accident. accident. It's yeah.
0: like feeling guilty for being born so with a hair lip. It's up, like, right? hey, I didn't. I didn't do eeny, meeny, miny, mo, What kind of lip do I want? Yeah. And so when we yep. when we remove our the, the personal aspect of that, which empirically is true, it's not personal, right? When we remove that, then we can we can look at it with some objectivity and just say, you know, it's not personal. A lion doesn't eat you because he hates you. It's like bad luck, yep. right? Born into a family of lions, right? There was a whole lot of uh, <laughs> tension and stress in this combat situation, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, yep, yeah. and I couldn't help but leave that with with wounds and scars. I couldn't. I, I can't sit there and, and blame myself for not being um, tougher or what you know, whatever nonsense. Yeah, well, that's right. I I've mean, because
0: I mean, f- physiologically, your brain changed as a result of what you went through. Like physiologically, your brain changed, and this is measurable. Right. This is measurable through brain scans. Right. So if you don't get enough protein when you're a kid and you grow up too short, it's not like, well, I should have been braver so I could be taller. It's like you can't invent food out of thin air. If you didn't get the food, you didn't get the food. Right. It's not not because I was weak or bad or whatever. Right. And so you end up with a different absolutely. brain when you've gone through this kind of thing. It doesn't mean that you're stuck with that brain. You can do a lot. The brain is incredibly adaptive. You can do a lot. And you gain a lot of strengths out of that too, right? We wouldn't wish it on anyone, mm-hmm. but there are there are a few silver linings in that cloud.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. My ability, my ability to judge um, emotional cues in another person is – oh yeah it's near supernatural sure. <laughs> just vigilance no, you know, you know has its benefits, can, right yeah absolutely so uh, yeah i would say that uh you yeah. you are
0: describing yeah. an accident which befell you
1: right okay yeah i i can i i have to um well i, I mentioned it earlier i'm gonna have to get to a point where i can can discipline myself in such a way and that discipline but Train myself in such a way to recognize that consistently yes like, for
0: sure, and, and that's just something so that that's I just don't something fall that's a matter into, of practice, and and it's dull repetition, right Like yeah. literally, you have to say every morning, did I ever draw a goddamn short straw when it came to families what a what a bad what bad mm-hmm. luck it was, and how amazing yeah. that I escaped this crazy, violent, destructive family. With nary a scratch on me. Yeah,
1: yeah, things could have been a lot
0: worse. Well, if if you had ultimately. not been so cunning with your survival tactics, which uh, of which personalizing is one, right? Personalizing isn't weakness. Personalizing it is strength. It's what helps us get through it. So, sure. To have, I mean, admiration for how. You got out – I mean you got out of – you danced across this landmine on gut instinct and came out with both feet, right? I mean yeah. it's something to be proud yeah. of. When you're when you're born in a deep hole, climbing out of it is something to be proud of, right?
1: Yeah, I didn't uh, – I didn't fall Well, apart you didn't become an abuser, right? Under the string.
0: Right. You, you, didn't, no, uh, you didn't go no. out, find some crazy bitch, have kids with her and, and scream and beat them up, right?
1: No. No. I went through – in my early 20s, I went through a phase where I gathered groups of friends and I was probably fairly abusive toward them verbally. And then when I saw, um, when I saw that pattern, um, I withdrew from those people. Right. Um, I don't know that I actually dealt with all the things that you know were building uh, that that kind of personality in myself. But I, when I saw that I was being um, unnecessarily – well, uh, when I saw that I was being cruel or, or nasty or something like that, I would just withdraw and remove myself from right, right, those right. people. And so, I mean, this kind of PTSD, which, which uh,
0: happens to two victims of child abuse, as I mentioned on yesterday's show – to an even greater degree than happens to soldiers mm-hmm. in combat, uh, and which of course makes perfect sense, right? Soldiers in combat have a lot more control sure. than um, than children do, right? So,
1: yeah, and usually they only have
0: to deal yes, with four and, years and of it. And it is trauma that is inflicted on an already adult personality, and therefore it doesn't reshape the brain in yeah. the same way yeah. as when it is it is uh, imprinted upon a, a still. Um, uh, somewhat blank and uh, 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 still forming personality right in the same sure, way, not sure. getting enough calcium as an adult doesn 't mean quite as much damage as not getting enough calcium when you're a toddler right
1: yeah well it 's not a developmental thing, so yeah. I think that if if you
0: can just say you know i just you know i I was thrown out of the uh, the birth helico i was thrown out of the birth helicopter. I parachuted uh, at night, blindfolded, and I landed in this family and I couldn't get out. Right? But there's no responsibility in that, right? I mean there are occasional Buddhist assholes who will tell you that you chose your parents for a reason. And uh, those people, I can only hope that there is reincarnation and they get born in some future life as a child of my mother. And then they can understand what an offensive statement that is to make. But – uh, but but it's not true of course i mean empirically and just scientifically and psychologically it's not true so it's just this you know this this shitty accident happened to me right it was really tough it was horribly traumatic i've had to deal with a lot of fallout from it and um i'm still working through some of the challenges it's given me some strength it's given me some weaknesses but uh, yeah it was uh, i definitely had a a bad start of it for sure um you know accidentally
1: yeah but uh, 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 and the start doesn't define the finish or the work in progress. And that, that's something that I'm going to have to – I don't have to define what I am now by solely no, by that. No, not at all. And, not at uh, all. Well, it's a, it's a trap that I've gotten into, so, uh, and that's something that I'm going to – Well, it's tough, right? Because right.
0: if you grew up in a situation of abuse and mental, mental illness, then it, it does stick to you. It, it, the temptation is to be special because of that, right? Like I was, I was yeah. separated. I was set apart but, by how bad my childhood was, and so on. Health can feel weird, right? It can feel wobbly and unstable.
1: Yeah, and and uh, and the fact that these things keep coming up is irrelevant. At I'm sorry. Point. Say that again. This is I'm something. I'm sorry. This is. I'm. I'm telling myself that the fact that um, new. Nightmares, new horrors, new things about my family keep coming up to this day. is is really irrelevant at this point.
0: Well, I'm glad uh-huh. you said that again. And that, it's, that not idea, well, saying, <laughs> it's not
1: irrelevant
0: at all. It's not irrelevant. This is your your unconscious isn't just punishing you with nightmares. Your unconscious is trying to digest the history, right?
1: So okay, and but I, I mean in in the in this in the sight of new history that is coming out. Well, no, I I I understand
0: that. I'm not not saying go back there or anything like that. But if you – like, you're unconscious when it gives you these nightmares. Because with regards to this book, there was a lot of useful information about that as we've been talking about just now. With regards to this book, you were drawn to it. You tried to keep a humorous and ironic distance from it and you had nightmares, right? So your unconscious is actually trying to help you because you had this conscious attitude of ironic distance, which was a defense mechanism right? And yet you were drawn to the book and you want to do a radio play of the book and so on, right? Whereas your unconscious is saying, no, this shit is pure horror. Like, don't fool yourself. Like, you're, you're, you you're were drawn
1: to it unconsciously. Yeah. Yeah, your unconscious is giving throughout. you the
0: nightmares to say, stay the fuck away from this shit because it's poison.
1: Sure. Sure. Why, why, why go in and battle it with... Yeah. Yeah. Why Why go and have a war... Because it's a, the, the only person involved is me, you know. Ultimately, when it comes to that, from, and yeah, you you can't win with crazy the, people. You can't
0: win with corrupt people. You you just don't engage, right? You can't win. You can't beat them. Yeah, that uh, that that other person isn't really even there. They're, they're not, not going to listen yeah. to you. That I mean, yeah. if they've done what they've done, they're beyond reason, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't. Uh, uh, uh,
0: yeah, mocking a mad Well, it's, it's crazy do. yourself, right? So, this is how the infection <laughs> spreads. Crazy people will try to goad yeah, you into attacking them. Yeah. They will poke and provoke and poke and provoke and, and be snarky and be mean and be vicious and be catty and be bastards. And, right, they'll try and get you because that's how they're trying to spread the craziness, right? So that they feel less crazy. Because if they can make the world as hostile and freaky and creepy and angry as they are, then they feel less creepy, freaky, and angry, right? Sure, they're making. It's like that one, that one, that one incredibly uh, self-conscious monk with the bald spot at the beginning of it all, who said, "Right, that's it. Everybody has to shave that part of their head." Right? (laughs) It's like what? So you feel less bald? Give me a break, right?
1: Sure, sure. If if you're a rat, it pays to make the world into a trash heap. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, either they change to conform to the world or they change the world to conform to them. So getting into fights with crazy people, yeah. uh, it, it just it's, – it's crazy yourself, right? And that's how this uh, history replicates itself.
1: Yeah. And, and it was an overwhelming compulsion. Sure. It, no, and yeah. I, I, I mean I faced Absolutely. that same
0: compulsion and uh, I have to remind myself that uh, there's no point going back into a cell if I actually have the
1: key now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make that make that one connection and and say, okay, I can just turn around or walk away from this. That's man. The the the, the engaging when I don't have to engage is uh, yeah. Oh, this is
0: going to make things. It's not crack, but you know we we have to put it down because it's uh, it just doesn't move us forward in a way that's going to make us happy. Yeah. Now, I would suggest, and obviously just my suggestion, but I would strongly suggest that, um, I mean, the degree of trauma that you experienced and, you know, with all due respect to what you're doing right now, the level of unconsciousness that you're still experiencing with regards to this, I would absolutely completely and totally invest in some therapy. Not because you're broken, not not because you're sick, not because you're weird, not because there's anything wrong with you, but it's just that once you start to try and get full mobility back into this damaged limb, you're just going to need some physiotherapy to help you with that. Yeah. Yeah. And has this been uh, helpful, for you? I will. I, mm-hmm. I has this been uh, useful or helpful for you? Excellent. Yes, yeah, sir. Okay. Well, I will send you a copy of this, and you can let me know what you yeah, think. Sir. I certainly think that there's enough useful stuff here that it would be uh, fantastic for other people to hear it. But you can let me know what
1: you think. Oh. That, that, Thanks, right Neil. No, man, I took you. Don't worry about it. Bye. Thank you very much.